face. Welcome to the Game Changing Podcast, a show where we learn game-changing principles from top performers. We have a lot of fun too, from business, sports, personal development, and more. Did I mention we have fun? My mission is to spark conversations that will give you something today to impact your life tomorrow. Enjoy today's episode. Howdy doody, y'all. It's Anissa with the Game Changing Podcast. We are back for another amazing week and more importantly, a truly fabulous story that will touch the heart of each and every one of us because we have felt it before. It's this little thing called cancer. Whether it be cancer in your family that you've touched by, it's cancer that's touched you or someone in your friend's circle, okay? We have the cure today and it's called early detection. And trust me, if you know you want to be a part of the cure today, you're going to find out how to participate in that because not only are we touching one person at a time, we're touching every industry, just one industry at a time. So listen, this is a way for you to participate. And this individual, his name is Nathan. He's been touched by cancer. He's been, you know what he did? He let it lay still for a while because we all rest on what's given to us from God above to make a change until it touched someone else in his family. And that person didn't get a voice. So now he's representing that voice and everybody else's voice. So without further ado, let me introduce you to Nathan. He's going to share his story. And more importantly, he's going to open up his playbook so that we can all participate because every one of us would like to have a cure for cancer. And he's here to share that passage. Thank you so much, Anissa. You know, I speak all over the country now. When when people hear the word cancer, they get scared to death. But I'm here to I'm here to give you some encouragement. I'm not here to scare you. I'm here to make you aware of some things that that's going to help you as you move forward. Um, and I'm a father of uh, four. I'm a grandfather of three. And I was going through life. I mean, just just going through life, enjoying life, and headed towards um, I'll say retirement, but I was headed towards some um, some opportunities in my life. And in 2017, I was having a physical and the doctor says to me, as I'm about to get dressed and walk, I said, man, I'd be out of business if I was, if all my customers were like you. He said, you're 56 years old. You're in perfect health. Wow. Keep doing what you're doing. I'll see you in a year. Literally, I was getting dressed to leave his office and my phone rang. It was my mother from North Carolina with a bunch of old farmers up there. And she said, what are you doing? I said, just having a, having a physical. And how you, what did they find out? I said, Mom, everything's perfect. And she said, what are they checking for? And I just started going through a list. And when I get to the word prostate exam, she says, well, how did that go? I said, Mom, well, fine. But why would you even ask me this? And she said, well, when your dad died six years ago, there was, um, there was some talk maybe he had something to do with prostate, prostate cancer possibly. And, you know, we, we think your granddad, his dad, maybe had died 28 years ago from some type of cancer. I was like, Mom, when were you going to tell us this? I said, you've got three sons. I've got three sons. i got a, a grandson. Um, I, I think this will be important to us. So I just relayed this immediately to the doctor, and he was really not that concerned. But he said, you know, to do the prudent thing we should do, there's a test I could run on you. Wouldn't be doing it, but we'll run it. So this was uh, on a Monday afternoon, and Tuesday morning I get a phone call from his office, and he said, listen, there's some markers in your blood I don't like. He said, so I'm, I went ahead and um, lined you up for an MRI on this Thursday. So 
fine, let's do it. So I go in to do the MRI, and as um, as life would have it, or luck would have it, call it what you want to, the, the young lady that's doing the MRI goes to my church, and she said, hey, how you doing? Don't worry, we're okay. This, th- this thing won't take, take but about 45 minutes an hour, and we'll have you out of here. Well, multiple hours later, and multiple, multiple injections of fluids, I didn't know, um, dyes and stuff, uh, they finally let me out. And I knew at that moment there was not, this was not a routine MRI. So Saturday morning, um, I had a FedEx package come in the mail, and it was supposed to go to another doctor, which I'm not a doctor, but it was supposed to go to a doctor. And I ripped into it, and I started reading it. And all of a sudden, I get a phone call from my doctor. And he wants to know if I got a package. I did. And he said, do you, did you open it? Yes. Do you understand it? I said, I think I do. Um, and in that package, it really said this, this patient has level four cancer. Is a tumor that is uh, basically already metastasized. And when you go in it and do a biopsy, you're going to find a high concentration of cancer that has spread. And he said, well, you know, don't read into it too much. I said, Doc, come on, shoot me straight. He said, this is not good. So I go to see him on Monday. This was on a Saturday on a Monday. And he just basically says, listen, you probably want to go ahead and see your attorney, get your affairs in order. Um, based on what I'm seeing, but here's what we're going to do. I'm going to order your dad's report and your granddad's report from North Carolina if we can get it. And he said, I'm going to do a biopsy or try to do surgery on you Thursday. So Thursday happens. I go into surgery, and when I wake up, um, there's kind of um, a bewildered look on his face, but he said, listen, we've, um, we've got your dad's report back. We've got your granddad's report back. And I just, I don't know how to tell you, but both, both these guys died within six months of being diagnosed. And it was a form of, um, it was a form of tumors that grow in or around the prostate, not really so much prostate cancer, but that's what they, they called it. So he did not give me, did not give me some good news in that moment. Well, Saturday, he says, I'll have an answer for you Saturday. We took some biopsies. So Saturday I get a phone call and, basically at one o'clock and um it's a different call than i thought i would get and he just he was elated um he says listen i didn't make a mistake he said however um there's not a trace of cancer in your body so he says you are a he said young man you are a walking talking miracle we call it spontaneous regression in our world so what did i do with that well I got a new lease on life, and for the next two and a half years, me being a father and a granddad and a dad and a husband, you know, I said I sit my family down. I said, "Listen, I, hopefully I've been good to y'all, but I'm going to start taking time for myself." And I did, literally, for two and a half years. Every two or three months, I take a week, two weeks off, and go do some things I wanted to do: scuba diving and flying planes and stuff mm. like this. Well, and that went on for two and a half years. Went on for two and a half years. I didn't. I didn't do anything with the gift that God had given me, the new lease on life. But December third of two thousand nineteen, I get a phone call from one, one of my younger brothers in North Carolina. He said, "Man, you're not going to believe this. They just diagnosed me with the same cancer that killed Granddaddy and Daddy, the same cancer you had two and a half years ago. They gave him gave him six months to live, and he died in four. And at that moment." I said, man, I have got to do something with this. So literally, I took about a year, and I began to study cancer. I began to study what we were doing in this country and around the world. And 
guys, I realized something. We were spending billions of dollars in research and treatment, but cancer deaths are on the rise. In fact, if you look at this right now, cancer is about to overtake heart disease as far as the reason people die in the world. And as I looked at it, I was like, we're trying to cure cancer. But in reality, there already exists a cure. But the cure is found in something called early detection. And when I started talking to different doctors around around the country, I said, guys, if we could get cancer at level one or two versus three or four, what's the chance of a person's survival? The survivability rate is fantastic. So I began to start talking about something called the power of early detection, the truth. The truth is found in early detection. And I have my own reasons and my own thoughts for why we don't do it. And here's a couple of them. Um, there's not a lot of money in early detection, guys, to be quite frankly with you. And so nobody's putting money and efforts toward it. So I went on a one-man course, a one-man cruise, a one-man crusade about a year ago. And then as life would have it, I run into you. Um, you you're like, um, you're kind of unusual. You're dressed up. You're driving a Mercedes, but you're doing Uber. What, what's this about? And I explained to you about me being in New York, a, a little bit what I did, and me being in New York um, a few months earlier mm. and interfacing with a young Uber driver. Wanted to know what I did for a living. I said, well, I do real estate primarily, but I talk about cancer and early detection. He relates a story to me about his dad dying six months earlier from a cancer that could have been totally avoided or cured from if he'd got checked early enough. So I came back. um, I got signed up to drive an Uber. And I began to recruit other Uber drivers. And, And in fact, now we're in about, I think, 13 states. And basically, we're just hanging a little placard in their car. And it just basically says, you know, uniting the global ride share industry to find the cure and the share of the power of early detection. So it's a very non-confrontational way to get the message out. Now, here's the thing that's happened. This has been seven months ago. I personally, at nights and on the weekends when I have time, have given over 2,000 rides to individuals and got the message out about early detection. That's how we got into the other states, now entered some other countries. So early detection is the key, Anissa. It's the key. It's the key, but it's not only the key for cancer per se. It's the key for every disease, whether it be mental or health disease. The earlier you're detected, the better prognosis and the better outcome Mm -hmm. can be. So that's what I'm doing right now. And there's there's some other unorthodox ways that we're getting the message out. In fact, um, a young man that I've, I've been doing business with for years, I never met him, but he has about 14 cleaners here. And about three months ago, I entered his cleaners and I said to his one of his workers, says, do you mind if I put a little stand here about talk about early detection of cancer? She relates a st- story to me about her dad dying. She mm-hmm. said, absolutely. And the next day I get a call from, from a young man named Bob, Bobby Patel. Bobby says, I need to see you. You put, a, you put a brochure out at one of my places. I didn't know what the reaction was going to be, so I went and saw him in his office. He said, you would have no way of knowing this. He said, but my best friend in life is my uncle. He said he was climbing five months ago, four or five months ago, Mount Kilimanjaro, perfect health, comes back, has something going on, knows nothing about it, and within a month after coming off that mountain, they they give him the diagnosis of stage four uh, prostate cancer that had already metastasized um, all over his body. 
So he says, I'm going to help you do this. So Bobby, they, they, I think they go about 2,500 customers a day. So Bobby simply says, I'm going to help you do this. He started taking on every piece of, every piece of um, laundry that goes out. He's hanging a simple little card that talks about early detection. This has been going on for about four months. Unfortunately, Bobby's uncle died Monday before last, and we, we did a celebration of life on him this past Friday. And guys, it was quite amazing who this man, I didn't know who the man was, but I mean, it's unusual to see hundreds and hundreds of people turn out wow. for somebody's, on a Friday at 10 o'clock for somebody's celebration of life. And the people recognized me from what I was doing. And that so many business people says, hey, next week or week after next, when you have time, come by and talk to me. So as you said before, we're not touching one person at a time. We're touching multiple people at a time and now multiple industries at the time. So I appreciate the opportunity to come on this podcast. So what else can I help you with today? Thank you. Thank you for everything you've already just, you're doing. And what I love is you're not the cancer society going after people and asking them to open up their checkbook. No. You're asking no. them to open up the business to spread the word. Actually, you're not even asking them. You, you're you're doing your work to say, let me just put it in there. And now look what it's Absolutely. doing and extending Absolutely. to communities. And because I don't know one person that this hasn't affected. And if we can remedy it, because what you've said so eloquently is there's, as it relates pharmaceutical wise, there's no money in early detection. What is an early detection that isn't being spoken is the life that you said that you finally started doing after your diagnosis is living life to the fullest, having those experiences, being around for your grandkids, being healthy, doing Absolutely. that, you know, feeling rejoice in your heart versus, versus death in your body from this yeah. disease, right? You know, it's quite, it's quite interesting. And, and as I look out there and I begin to speak, you know, this is not me speaking. This is, you can just look this up. So when we're, the day we're born, 40% of us have the propensity to have heart disease. Not that we're going to have it, but it's within the scope of us having heart disease. The day we were born, 10% of us had the propensity to have cancer. Something's going wrong here. Why now is cancer becoming the leading cause of death? It's on its way in the world. Well, when you look at it and you start talking about early detection, I've spoken to universities and, and doctor conferences and when I get through speaking, they're always saying to me, Nathan, uh, you're not a doctor. No, you have no medical degree. No, you have no formal education outside of high school. No, I have none of these things. How do you know so much about cancer? I said, the biggest difference is I lived it and you guys studied it. I said, Amen. and I always, I always end this thing with, when I speak, I say, is it possible an uneducated person in the medical world might know something about cancer that you don't know. And it's always, you get this puzzle look, well, how do you know something about cancer? We don't know. And I always go back to something. I say, how many of you are familiar with a company called Grail? None of them are not found. One doctor yet has ever heard of a company called Grail. Grail pioneered a simple blood test called the Galleria a year ago. And it detects 50 of the most lethal cancers known to humanity two years, up to two years prior to a symptom. 
Why don't we know about it? Number one, it's not covered by insurance companies. Number two, it costs $1,000. And number three, there is no money in early detection. I mean, I was talking to a urologist the other day, my urologist. I was having my six-month checkup. And I said, Bill, do you know there's a simple urine test that you could administer to your patients that detects proteins within their urine that says, wait a minute, there may be a trace of cancer in the bladder. There may be a trace of cancer in the you know, kidneys, somewhere mm. in the body. He knows nothing about a this. A magical this word. Been doing it 38 years. And the magical so, word is trace, not... Trace. Everywhere. Tra- trace. Yeah, that's what's great. So yeah. We're, we're doing this, and I tell people, we're doing this not to scare anybody. I mean, my God, I would love to be able to get a urine sample and the doctor say, listen, we may have seen something here and to follow it. But the problem right now with our system is... Our system is set up that you got to go through so many tests to get to the baseline test that you really need. So I'm trying to advocate right now to the insurance companies to say, listen, if we have a history of this in our family, why are we making somebody go through five tests to end up at the test six months later to where they should be taking? And we can eliminate the cost of all these other tests. So Early detection is the key. I know that this Galleria test is $1,000, but I also know if we can get widespread adoption of this test, we can bring the test down probably to under $100. So this is what I'm doing. And what you just said a while ago, fortunately for me, I'm not out asking for people to raise money. Have people offered me money? Yes. Am I paying for everything out of my pocket now? Yes, I am. There will come a point where I can't afford to do it. I got three kids in college right now. So I have a responsibility to those three kids financially. But right now, so far, I'm able to do this. I'm able to buy the bumper stickers, the cars, the cards. Um, I'm, I'm sending out thousands of cards every week to people that will business cards that people will hand them out. So right now we're good. But in the future, obviously, obviously I'll be looking for some help. Yeah, no, you're not good. You're good where you are, but we can always use help. Listen, you yes. can't even have a baby without two typically. Okay. <laughs> Rather made in a bedroom or made in a, in a, in a room, you know, with the right, scientists. Right. It still Absolutely. takes two. So you can't do it yourself. There's no reason to. The cause is too big. Jesus sent his son, but gave him 12 disciples. So you probably need a few more disciples. Yeah. I had a guy tell me the other day, he said, Nathan, you're you're great. You said, you're poor at one thing. You're great at something else. I said, what is it? He said, you're, you're a great giver, but you're a poor receiver. I'm like, wow. Okay. That's true. Right. And and it tends to be that way. And that's okay. Right. It takes you acknowledging it. And so therefore you've acknowledged it. That's the first step in in abolishing it is to acknowledge (laughs) it. (laughs) Absolutely. So you remind me of that every time we speak in the future, please. Yeah. And and how do people get a hold of you? Right. Because you were able to show the little logo here. Yeah. 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 Um, Obviously, I've got a website now and it's uh, very simple. Keepitcheck.com. K-E-E-P. I-T-C-H-E-C-K-E-D dot com. Um, Driving for the Cure is the one we're utilizing for the drivers for Uber and Lyft. It's just a platform that they can go to and and begin to share the message. And I give out my cell phone number. It's 941-287-6949. 
So you can text me or call me and I'll, I will get back with you as soon as I can. Obviously I'm still, still running the business, but uh, it's um, my, my heart, my passion is, is getting this message out because, you know, I've been doing this about a year and Sometimes you don't realize the effect it's having on people, but if you go to the website, keepitcheck.com, there's a young man on there that heard me speak um, almost a year ago, 48-year-old, great health, and just because I encouraged him, he went to the doctor, had no symptoms, had a physical. The doctor said, are you concerned about anything? Not really, but I do have this little spot right here, right in the sternum. Ended up being, the doctor failed it, said this is not normal. And within a week, they came back and said, you've got stage two cancer. And they began to treat him immediately. And I'm great to say he, he contributes his, his being alive to me, which has nothing to do with me except for he listened to me. He just took so, action. Yeah, he did. And I, I, and I tell everybody, it, it's easy. It's easy not to take action. I mean, we're dying in this, this world right now because of ignorance, ignorance of what I had. I had no clue of it until my mama told me. Um, denial, which we go through, oh, I'll probably never get it. Like my brother did. My brother had the opportunity two years before or two and a half years to go get something checked, but he didn't, he denied it. He said, I don't think I'll get it. And then in a lot of cases, once we, which we may figure out, we got some, we go in this procrastination mode. So cancer, I tell people all the time, cancer is not something to, to fear. It's something to be aware of. And there's really only two things you can control the moment you have cancer. And people have always asked me, what do you feel like when the doctor says you've got cancer? Well, you don't hear, is it level stage one, three, four, five? You don't hear all this. What you hear is, or what you feel, it, it's like somebody has shot you in the stomach with a, a, a bowling ball because that's where you are. But there's, I try to bring people into the rally. Once that moment comes, there's only two things you can control if you can control them is Number one, your attitude. If you can control your attitude and have the right attitude, it helps a lot. And number two is your how aggressive and how you're going to pursue any type of treatment you're going to pursue, whatever that might be. So attitude and the pursuance of treatment is so important as you move forward. You know what you're an attitude, right? I always say, because, you know, I help people with money. If I can't help them with mindset first, it doesn't matter what money set follows. Because right. nothing will work. They won't implement it. They won't take action because they have to, uh, the mind has to believe and has to, has to be, in, it's very uh, instrumental in the process. Very instrumental. This is not the time and place for that total conversation, but it always, you know, when I go and speak to a university or a group of doctors, I'm always having to sign this waiver. You can't talk about religion. You can't talk about politics. Okay. I got that. Unless they ask you from the crowd, well, they always do ask me, Nathan, how can you explain? Because I show them, I give them the documentation. I give them the documentation of the MRIs. I give them the documentation of the lab report. They're looking at it as doctors are like, this is impossible. How did you go from, uh-oh, this is not going to be good. Uh, we don't even, we're not even sure you would live six months. And that's proven by the fact of what my brother did, identical. So I know it's not a fluke to 10 days later, there's not a trace of cancer in your body. The tumor's gone. So that's a, that's a, that's a whole nother talk. Listen, um, I'm not in a rush. We've had 20 minutes so far. <laughs> I, and you didn't even oh. truly highlight your 
Uber story and the very important person calling you there and you're like, whatever, I won't share your story. I need you to share your story, damn it. So listen, I love that you went wait for the sharing of the cause. You know, typically when we support the cause, it's because you are loud and proud with your mission. And right now, yeah, you're sharing all of the space around it, but not some of these glorious stories equally attached to it. I will will add a story that I have to preface a little bit because of legalities. I will do that because I did. I did. So I get a I get a phone call. um, Maybe about three months ago, and it's 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 um, it's from an organization. Uh, I won't call it, but it's from a it's from a rideshare organization. Let's put it that way. I won't call the one out. And it was um, it was it was Mr. Kirby. I said yes. This is um this is legal department for rideshare service. I said hey, how you doing? Uh, have you got a few minutes? I said sure. Um, we're we have a few questions for you. We looked at your LinkedIn profile. I said yes. Could you answer a question for me? I said sure. Uh, based on your LinkedIn profile, we're kind of confused why you would drive Uber. And I was like, well, I'm using Uber uh, or Rideshare or LinkedIn or whatever it is, Lyft, whatever the Rideshare is, uh, company. I said, I'm using that a Rideshare company as a platform to get a message out about early detection. And the young man says to me, well, sir, I think that might go against our our terms and conditions. I said, okay. I said, that's okay. He said, what do you mean that's okay? I said, well, you got an option. You do have a choice. I said, he said, what is that? I said, you have the, you have the um, option to send me a cease and desist, or you could go ahead and sue me right now if you'd like. And he started busting out laughing. He said, first of all, we know you would love for us to send you a cease and desist. We know you would love for us to send sue you because that would get your message out even more. And we would look like idiots. So forget this conversation ever took place. Uh, what we will try to do in the future is figure out how we can help support what you're doing. So that was kind of neat. Um, won't, won't name the company. It was ride share. It was multiple. Pick one you want. It could have been either one of them. So I'm not accused, I'm accused of naming anyone. But it was ride share company. Let's put it that way. So that and was kind of neat. And the good thing about that is now the message is in multiple states and multiple right chairs. So ta-da! Yes, it's why disrupting one person, why disrupt one when you can disrupt all? Right. And the thing about it was, he said, he said it was kind of confusing. He says, we see you're, you're, based on what you're saying, you're using the money to get the message out. You're not taking the money for self. I said, no, sir. I said, if you look at, you can track what I'm doing. I'm taking the money I make with Uber lift the rideshare industry all of them and i'm putting towards uh, getting the message out that's how i'm funding this and he and he just said okay great and so right now i've not heard anything back but uh, who knows what the future holds what i love is when we're all out there thinking or believing that the way to support a cause is we have to make money to support that cause you flip the model upside down yeah like totally turned it topsy-turvy for and 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 it's that's not the message the message is who who cares if the money's there if you're not early detecting right you gotta care about that first that's right i mean i I had a lady in my i had a lady was uber a couple days ago and she's uh 
She's pretty well known in something called Poshmark. Or lifting. Or lifting the uh, other Uber. day. I don't, I, I don't mind. I was lifting, Ubering. Oh. I don't know. It could have been, uh, I don't know what it was. It was Uber, Lyft. It was one of them. I don't know. I was driving my car. Let's put it that way. Um, so she's some somebody local here with Poshmark, which I knew nothing about Poshmark. Mm-hmm. And she's like, I think I can help you. So I'm meeting with her next week, and she she's pretty well known out here in the Poshmark world. So um, she wants to she wants to interview me on one of her one of her little pod, uh, one of her podcasts. So yeah, so yeah, you don't need money um, initially. You don't need money foundationally to get your message out. I think if you get your message out and it resonates with enough people somewhere, as you need the money and the resources, they'll they'll find you. I believe that. A hundred percent. And especially when you're willing to take a hand in that process, right? Because everybody has a way of giving, right? We have to allow them to give in the way that they can. And equally, all of us need to be able to receive, Nathan. Thank you for that reminder. Yeah, you're welcome. And uh, so here's what I, I heard equally with you, right? Is you can go from you didn't even share your story, healthy, doing real estate, part of owning a business to, I mean, who cares about any of that status, right? Who cares? Yeah, that's so important. You know, I, I tell people in 2017, I own a construction company. I have my real estate business and I have my insurance business. Um, I, w- I was doing good, but who cares? I mean, the moment you're saying, the doctor says, wait a minute, we're not sure how much time you got left. Um, there's a lot of things begin to change in your mind. And you you think back, you know, I think a lot of us live in this someday aisle. We live on this island called someday I will, this island. And I see it happening in my industry as far as the, the insurance industry. I've been in the insurance business for 40 plus years now. And, you know, when you sit up and you do some people's financial planning, they have all these goals, but they, they, don't, they don't tend to live along the way and enjoy it along the way. And all of a sudden they get, to that age of retirement or whatever that might be. And just like this man, 61 years old. I mean, my God, climbing Kilimanjaro, now going to spend the rest of his life, enjoy his life. And all of a sudden, boop, there it is. Yeah. Uh, and all the money in the world can't change that. But I will tell you something. My gosh, I left that man's celebration life. I said, wow, this is, this is what I want. This is what I want. The support this man had around him was incredible. It appears, I mean, to, to climb Mount Kilimanjaro, possibly he was that active in life all of his life. Yes, because you cannot have people show up for your celebration of life if they didn't hear about you during your life. Yeah. yeah. So, he was well wow. known. He really was. I, really well known. Wow. I, and I love that. Right. And again, it doesn't take well known. It just takes paying attention. Right. Yes. yes. And when you pay attention, it's amazing how the world around you changes and you. It, it, it does. It does. I saw something in this. And again, I've been around 61 years. It appears to me every life that this man touched, he planted something within them because it was incredible. It was incredible the stories I heard of the how this man touched people's lives. It was incredible. So wow. um, I can't wait to meet with the family, which I will be doing here next week after things begin to 
normalize as best it can yeah. and see what we can do together to keep this man's legacy and his life going. Well, and to think that you were serving your mission and look how much bigger the mission got wow. by you using your voice, by you caring enough to just say, hey, can I leave this here? And even upon leaving your message, you got to hear the message from the lady at the counter. I mean, yes. again, this wouldn't, yes. we wouldn't even be having this conversation if it didn't touch everybody's life. It's now how do right. we take the story so that we can take this lesson and affect everybody else's life so that they don't have to be on the other end. And yes, it's good to celebrate the celebration of life. It's also good to rejoice in life while we're living it. Right. And that's 100%. the early detection that we're getting to. Is it is. How do we get it this is. early detection? How do we have it not sick care with the government, but truly health care with the government? Yeah. And, and yeah. how do we go from uh, my, uh, I've heard this somewhere and it's a philosophy I live by. The best health care is self care. Absolutely. There are, and it's beyond that is where I'll go, Nathan. And you gave me that shake today before we started recording is I do a lot of self-care. The gentleman that just climbed Mount Kilimanjaro that just passed, you can't do that if you don't have a lot of self-care. Right, right. It's beyond self-care. It's like gravity. Sometimes it's the things we can't see that are killing us or right. can Absolutely. kill us that we need to be paying attention to, right? Absolutely. So how do we get that? And that's the early detection. How do we change that? You know, right now we're working on a cause from person level. How do we get to the government level to say, listen, pay attention to us? Yeah, that 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 is the thing that that is the thing that I'm I'm really most interested in right now because some of these tests are quite expensive because they have not have they don't have massive global adoption. Well, you know anything once it gets global or massive adoption, um, simple tests that are simple to administer cost a lot of money. But my thing is if we can continue to press forward with this whole initiative of early detection and get get the world to understand. The importance. Listen, I know that treatment and 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 research are important. I know that uh, prevention is extremely important. I know this, but if prevention and treatment alone would would have changed the turn of tide, the pendulum would have swung back the other way, and we we would start having less and less. We're not, guys. We're not. If if this bell curve is is still going north on something called people dying of cancer or contracting cancer. The only, the last thing we can do right now is detect it early to eliminate some of these deaths. And that's what my whole thing is. I look about my brother. If he had gone, gotten checked two and a half years earlier and not denied, because he couldn't be ignorant, because I was telling him, hey, go get checked, all my family. Mm -hmm. If he'd gone, got checked, I don't, I don't know that he would not, not be here today. So... Um, did I do a good enough job? I look back at myself. Did I do a good enough job as a, as a, as a brother to encourage him? I thought I did, you know, I, I thought I did, but maybe not. So I don't want another family to have to face out of the blue, those words, you got cancer just out of the blue when something could be done about it. And I agree. Cause again, we've all had somebody, my mother-in-law had breast cancer that went to lymphatic system that went to brain cancer and 
all through early detection could have been remedied. And may I attach, um, I'm going to guess many stories such as yours. The first place early detection starts is, guys, we got to share it inside the family. It's like you said to mom, mom, when were you going to say this? Mom, when, please, right? So we've got to be transparent enough to have those conversations. Yeah, that's when I do my talks, that's what I encourage people and I challenge them. When you leave here today, go speak to mom, dad, grandma and granddad, aunts and uncles. If anybody died within your family tree before the age of 60 and it was not accidental, you need to dig a little deeper and figure out what it was. Start on that track. And that's really what, if you look at the, if, the, if you look at the interview I had with the young man, um, the young man on the website, that's what I told him. I said, go to your mother and dad. He went and found out that somebody in his family, his grandmother, had had some similar years ago before she died. And that's what really caused the doctor to take that next step. The guy was in great health. So, yes, for goodness sakes, if I could leave anybody with a message is what you said, that's more important than anything is look at family history, dig into it. I mean, my mother was the second youngest of 13 kids. My God, how many how many family members died of cancer mm-hmm. that we don't even know about what they died of because of pure ignorance? They just don't talk. I guess you know. I look, I'm to blame for that too. In 2017, when I when I got that message, oh my God, I'm I'm not going to die t- tomorrow. I just wanted to put it behind me. That's what I did for two and a half years. I put that message behind me, which I should have not done. Yeah. Well, and. You're, we can't take responsibility for any, you did your actions and saying, could I have done something more for my brother? You did everything, right? We hear how yes. to be healthy and we still choose not to be healthy right. when it right. comes to just basics, you know, of eating a balanced diet, getting out for a good walk and getting good sleep and ingesting good, we'll call it, uh, uh, not just social media, but, but, but good books into our readings and good company right. into our uh, diet and stuff like that. And we still don't make changes. So we hear messages all day long. It's what, it's how do we get people to wake up to those messages? And yeah. sometimes it has to be a pebble that hit you. And then eventually a brick that hits you right. before we go, I so got to do something more. Yeah. You're so correct in that. If, prevention would slow down heart disease and cancer and the other other diseases that affect our lives, we would see effect over that over the last 30, 40 years of preaching it. That's not happening. Why? Because we're not disciplined enough to make it happen in a lot of cases. So yeah. what's the thing that we can do? If we're not going to eat right, if we're not going to exercise right, which we're not on a, on a grander scale, we're not going to drink water like we're not going to do everything we know we should do, then we better be we better take this next step, which is detect this stuff early enough so that we can begin to begin the process of healing ourselves. Yeah. And I, I think early detection may prevent us from doing some of those other habits or many of those, right? We go down that path right. until we can't. And then sometimes those habits, right. you know, become much more because they're habitual at that point much more difficult to override. It's like a computer once it's once a virus is in there. And some of these habits right. for people are viruses right now. Right. And right. absolutely. 
you know, we can help override them with early detection. We may never get to the bad virus on the other side that starts running in their system and coursing through and causing cancer. And I'll finish, I'll finish up here. I know you want to, but it was ironic. Think about me after I survived what I survived in 2020. In 2020, I go have a physical and the doctor gets finished. He comes back out and he has three bottles and he hands them to me. I said, what is this? He said, one is for high blood pressure. One is for pre-diabetes and one is for high cholesterol. I said, what are you going to do with these? He said, you're going to take them. I said, what do you mean? He said, Nathan, I've been telling you for the last two years, you've not been taking care of yourself. And I should have. Now we're at the stage now where you either take these or it's going to be bad. So I go home that night and I start looking at all three of these. I'm 207 pounds at the time. What? Yes. And I should know better. I survived cancer. Oh. And I looked at all three of these medications and I call him at home. I said, doc, this stuff will kill me. He said, no, either take it prolong your life or don't take it and you're going to end your life earlier because you're not listening to me. At that moment, I was like, that was the pebble that went turned into a brick. At that moment, I started, I changed. I went on some internet fasting. I started doing some other studying. And within, within four months, I went back, literally went back to have tests because the medication was on. And then the nurses thought that I had cancer because I had lost 41 pounds of body fat. That's how much I had changed. And from that moment on, I swore to myself, my family and everything around me and what I was going to do in the future, I would never get back in that shape again. So even I, even I have difficulty being disciplined. Yeah. And you know why we have difficulty being disciplined? Is we don't have an accountability partner. Agreed. We all, all, no matter what level of life, need help, need help with accountability. So thank you for sharing that story. Dude, you look amazing. Guys, if you saw him, you'd be (laughs) like, whatever. Right. Uh, You look amazing. (laughs) And I'm grateful that you're taking care of your health and grateful that you gave that back, gave life back to your family is what you really did. You gave life Uh, back to your family. That's the way I look. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. And again, guys. Oh my gosh. Um, my honor. Yes. It's an honor. Let's uh, serve his cause. How do they get a hold of you one more time? Let's uh, wrap it up with that. And I'll give you one yeah, last just, message. Yeah, um, just, I would just, um, it's uh, actually, I, I still got an AOL account. It's keep it checked at AOL.com or just text me on my sale, 941 287. Six nine four nine. Perfect, guys. Oh, you, can to, you can go to the website and you can fill out a little fill out a little thing. Yeah, I'll call you, guys. You can join this cause. It's really really easy. And with that, Nathan, please. Any final messages? Anything you want someone to hear? Anything? About- I do. Please, I do. Guys, do yourself a favor and just keep yourself checked. Do your family a favor and keep yourself checked. Extend your life. Keep yourself checked. I mean, it's, it's that simple. It's the most simple message out there, but it's the most one of the most powerful messages to begin to touch people around me right now. Is, is just take care of yourself. Early detection. I spread the truth. The truth is early detection will save your life. Mm. Amen. Extend your life. Take care of yourself. And with that, it's a Thank wrap. You. Thank you.
This has been another episode of the Game Changing Podcast with your host, Anissa Acker. If today's episode has you stirred up with a fire in your belly, take action by subscribing and sharing this episode with a friend. And in the words of Rhonda Byrne, when we open our minds to the unlimited creative power, we call forth abundance and see and experience a whole new world. Go change the game.